full of endless dreams for every girl and boy. Wondrous lands of make-believe will fill your heart with joy. A castle leads the entranceway to seven lands and more. Step inside our storybook, imagine what's in store. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Magic Kingdom. It's all your magic, wrapped up in pixie dust. Welcome back to that Park Life podcast. We have a special episode today, and I have to throw out that um, after listening to that song, our theme song for our podcast kind of sounds like crap. Oh, no. <laughs> our what? harmonies are not as tight. <laughs> it's, you're correct. Our harmonies not are not as tight. We're not pixie dust. <laughs> no. I am really excited for today's episode because it's a lot of old school stuff, some of the things we remember as kids, and of course, uh, just some Magic Kingdom kind of through the years. And some other things around property, too. I feel like we have some notes in there. Mm-hmm. Plenty of history. I have what I was describing to Beth as just some whack sounds. Can't I can't Cannot I can't wait. wait to share some of these things. We love some good whack sounds. <laughs> yes. Well, some of the things we've played before. So when we did our resort rundown for Fort Wilderness, part mm-hmm. of the Fort Wilderness resort opening happened like alongside the opening of Walt Disney World. So you may remember I played that like really bizarre clip of the husband and wife where the yeah. wife became like incapacitated basically and the husband was like yelling at her. I'm not including that today. We all have heard that already. If not, go back to our Fort Wilderness Resort Rundown episode. But it's from that, that opening day television special. Um, I did pull some audio from that, of course. And we have all kinds of audio coming your way. I figured it would be cool to look at some of the other anniversary specials throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So we have some clips from that. We have some random fun facts. We have some opening day stuff. Um, we have some things you may not remember from the 70s, 80s, 90s. And by not remember for us, we weren't around for the 70s and most of the 80s. But a way to look back at some of those things that happened back then. Mm-hmm. And uh, some other fun stuff. And we have a giveaway. And we'll tell you how <gasps> to win. <laughs> giveaway. There it is. Well, um <laughs> We'll talk about the uh, how to enter and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, coming up, but it is the limited release 50th anniversary Walt Disney World, the world's most magical celebration pin, the one that came out with like the first batch of merchandise yeah. that I don't, I believe is not currently available anymore. So a collector's you know item means. at this point. It's exclusive. <laughs> yes. What that really means is it's on eBay, but that's right. Um, you can yes. either win it here or pay a hundred dollars on eBay. <laughs> uh, exclusive. Anyways, I'm super excited. A little bit different of an episode this week. We don't have any news, nugs, or history because, obviously... Because this week, 50 years ago, Walt Disney World opened its doors. It happened 50 years ago And then we walked right down the middle of Main Street, USA. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That song, the opening thing you played, it gave me goosebumps. And I was like, I mean, I think I'm just going to have to like put my my AirPods in and like listen to it walking down the next time I go to the park. (laughs) It's like, forget the stupid castle thing or the train station. I want to hear that every time. 
Yes. And at the end of this episode, I have what I consider to be a similar piece of audio that I think will also give some people goosebumps. Mm -hmm. And it's just another piece of Disney, well, another piece of Magic Kingdom nostalgia for everybody. It's not something you can currently hear in the parks, but for sure defined a lot of my youth and my visits to Magic Kingdom. So it's coming up at the end of this episode as well. Are you trying to say that it's exclusive? (laughs) It's exclusive. (laughs) Except you can go on YouTube and and watch it yourself. That's true. Um. Let's get going. Let's let's kick off yeah. with some with some stuff. So I, I thought it would be cool to talk about some of the property planning. And if you've watched the uh, behind, what is it? The Imagineering story or really any like Disney documentary, some of these things you, you may have heard before. But I like to I want to revisit this one thing because we've heard in the past that Disney himself had come up with fake company names mm-hmm. to buy land in Florida. And you may remember the story about a reporter like was kind of picking up and that was grilling him and. Uh, I believe her name is Emily Bavar, was the one who was like, who outed it as officially Disney. But along the way, Disney had come up with uh, fake company names to buy land in the area. And I thought, um, I don't know if everyone knows those company names, because some of them sounded legitimate. One of them was the Latin American Development and Management Company or Bay Lake Properties, which makes sense because Bay Lake is the lake that's there. And another one was the Reedy Creek Ranch. Okay, Mm -hmm. which... That kind of perpetuated, sure. right? We still talk about Reedy Creek. Some right. of them did not sound as convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, one is MT Lot, as this in... That's my favorite one. Empty Lot. So it's capital M, capital T Lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the company name Retlaw, so R-E-T-L-A-W, which is just Walter backwards, backwards. as in Walt Disney. Um, this one's pronounced I-4, but it's spelled A-Y-E-F-O-U-R. Obviously, I-4 like the mm-hmm. highway. The highway. No wonder why people were like, hey, yeah, <laughs> some of these companies weird. sound fishy. And Walter's over there like, hey. <laughs> like he thinks he's like really got, got people. Something that I think they might mention on the Keys to the Kingdom, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you kind of have picked this up along the way that the windows down Main Street, um, you know, obviously have some meaning. But one uh, set of windows in particular above the Crystal Arts store on Main Street refer to the Empty Lots real estate investments as a company up there. And then it also has a uh, list of what they call subsidiaries. And those subsidiaries named are those companies like the Reedy Creek Ranch, I-4, Retlaw, mm-hmm. all of those things that that, uh, that were there. In other words, like just another thing on the list of things to keep Walt's original Florida project plan alive at the current yeah. Magic Kingdom. So cool. I love those little – those are like little details that I love because – I'm such a nerd too. So when I bring people, I'm like, okay, and then this, let me tell you all about this. You see this word over here? <laughs> it's like, oh, and you see that flagpole? It's not a flagpole at all. It's a lightning rod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the little things. I can go a little crazy. But um, we yeah. also wanted to talk a little bit about some of the planned resorts that didn't happen. Um, so these are some things that were supposed to happen, but did not. In the end, they were supposed to have a Venice inspired resort. Um, and this was going to be on the land between the contemporary and the TTC. Uh, it was planned to have waterways and gondolas to get around and stuff like that. Um, and a big replica of St. Mark's Square was supposed to be a part of it, which is like basically now at the Italy Pavilion. They were like, well, we'll yeah. still kind of do that in the Italy Pavilion, but it was supposed yes. to be part of this resort. You know, what a great way to theme it to make it a different type of resort where you could potentially take like little gondolas on little waterways and stuff. Yeah. Like I know they have some at least one hotel like that in Vegas or whatever. Right. And I think it's like the Venice themed resort there at, at Vegas. Yeah. Not obviously not Disney, but 
That would have been cool to have here, but it just never came. Never it's called came the to be. the Nishan, and it's incredible. Oh, that makes sense. Where you can ride a gondola in the middle, like of the hotel. It's super weird. I did it one year for my my thirtieth birthday. Is when I did it. I was there for my thirtieth birthday, not for the, I was there for something else, but I just so happened to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, we're doing this. And so we got on it and they sing and everything. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, super cool. It does. You're almost like, is this a Disney hotel? What's happening in here? Yeah. Um, the other one was a Persian themed resort just north of the contemporary, which would have its own monorail track going through Tomorrowland. There's still a rumor out there that they're going to build a resort just north of Bay Lake Tower. Because you may remember there's the big contemporary and then the contemporary had the two small garden towers. They got rid of the North Tower to put Bay Lake Tower there. Right. There's still talk of removing the South Tower to put another Bay Lake Tower, basically. Hmm. But okay. north of that property, there is stuff going on there. I mean, there's like a little bit of cast parking for the contemporary. And then past that is some more cast parking lots. And then it's the monorail track that eventually takes you to where it, like the mechanic area for everything it's monorail like a monorail um garage and other things so i don't know if anything's gonna go over there because it's really not a guest area so to speak yeah you know yeah but you know it's disney they do what they want so maybe yeah uh and then the last one was supposed to be an asian themed resort mostly thai inspired and that's where the grand floridian is now we did cover that a little bit on our episode about the grand floridian the land had been cleared and it sat empty for 17 years before the grand floridian was built yeah and we just, thought it's been taking a long time for Tron to be built. Imagine I 17 know. years for well, a resort I'm just like, I'm curious how much money they waste in their like planning of some of these things where they just end up being like, nope, we're not doing that now. We're going to do this. I'm like, how much money do they waste with people that are coming up with all the things for it before they actually like nix the project and they move to something else? Yeah. It's got to be worth it for them to cut bait where they are, right? And not spend yeah. any more money. I guess at some, at some point they're like, well, it is what it is. So let's continue to talk about that time uh, when Walt Disney World opened. One of the things that I'm curious about opening day, or at least like the first year or so of Disney's existence, specifically Magic Kingdom, was what the rides were, what the ticket process was. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked about like what an e-ticket attraction was. And you probably heard about ticket books and stuff. And part of the merchandise that's going to be around, by the way, for our 50th anniversary includes some references to the e-tickets. I've yeah, seen like cool. an e-ticket, I think purse or something. That There's something. Yeah. I got to I gotta like keep my eyes peeled for that. But I thought we should do a quick little rundown of what the opening day or like the first oh, year gosh. of operation tickets were, how much they cost, and what attractions they considered for each category. In other words, like obviously the less expensive mm-hmm. ticket would be a probably less right. popular attraction, right? And some of these attractions are still around today, which is kind of nuts. It's also crazy to me to think that, like, he had this mindset from the get-go. Like, that there were tiers and attractions. It wasn't like, come and see all that we have to offer. It was like, oh, but there's a tier. Like, there's different prices for different rides. Yes. So So it's no wonder that it's still happening today, everybody. Like, no no, no wonder, right? But, so there was your cost of admission. And then in addition to that, guests could buy ticket books. And, of course, they could redeem them for specific rides. And the A ticket or a B ticket or all the way up to an, an E ticket was what they'd be using to get on the actual attraction. Yeah. So general admission was $3.50 per adult. And they sold a bunch of different types of ticket books, but like the most common ticket book came with seven tickets and it was okay. $4.50. So for $8, you'd be able to get in the park and go on eight attractions yeah. for the day That's crazy. back in 1971. Yeah. Um, there was a Magic Kingdom club. So they had the Magic Kingdom club members. They have access to a Magic Key ticket book. The Magic Key ticket book was $4.40, which included admission, transportation, and seven tickets. 
So Disney's been offering like premium options since day one. Like that's just the funny thing to me to look at. And yeah. the magic key is what they called annual passes, um, is what they call annual passes now at Disneyland. So they're just yeah, doing it's a little all coming back. back. Yeah. Yes. What's old is new again, basically. But all guests could purchase more tickets as needed in bundles or individually. So how are these, how are the attractions categorized the first year? So let's go through some of those uh, categories of, of attractions in the first year of operation. So category A, in other words, an attraction for which you would use an A ticket, or if you're paying individually, it would be 10 cents per ticket. And these, I'm going to say attractions in air quotes, because you're going to hear these, <laughs> and like, these are barely attractions, guys. Yeah. Uh, the Main Street Omnibus. So that's still around. Those are like those big, like now double decker buses oh, yeah, that go like around. The British Main Street like double decker bus. Yeah, you just you can just walk right on. So the Omnibus, the Main Street Fire Engine, oh, okay. and Cinderella Carousel were considered A ticket items. Huh. Okay. Uh, all right. So category B, those were twenty five cents each. Moving on up, and this was the Main Street Cinema, which is the theater, right? That's right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the Swiss Family Treehouse and the Frontierland Shooting Gallery. <laughs> yeah. 25 Real cents. popular back then. <laughs> yes. Uh, moving cents. up to category C, 50 cents each. These are some these are some good quality yeah, attractions good coming your ones. way now. Uh, we have for C ticket, Peter Pan's Flight, mm-hmm. Snow White's Adventure, before they called it Snow White's Scary Adventure. Yeah. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, the Mad Tea Party, and the Grand Prix Raceway, now the Tomorrowland Speedway. I mean, honestly, I feel like category C is where it's at. That's where it's at. Because yep. I don't agree that category D is should be more expensive. Okay, category D was 75 cents each. And this included the Walt Disney World Railroad. Walt Disney World Railroad. Sorry, that's hard to say. Uh, Country Bear Jamboree, the Hall of Presidents, and the Skyway. And the Skyway, which is essentially just a mode of transportation in the park, right? I mean, don't I mean, get me wrong. It's a bit of an attraction, but really it's meant to go from... Yeah. Fantasyland at Tomorrowland and back. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Seven and then their cents. highest category was category E or using an e-ticket. These are 90 cents each. So if you think about it, the price of this ticket is n- nine mm-hmm. times the price of a yeah. category A ticket. And these are the attractions for e-ticket. Jungle Cruise, Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, which I think we all take for granted now at this point in life, yeah. right? It's like, oh, I guess we'll do Small World. We got time to kill. Um, <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was... Like that one, I kind of get because get it's a little one, bit yeah. more of like an Cruise. adventure. I yeah, get, I guess I can get Haunted Mansion, but yes, the yeah, small it, world one. But if you think about how, and at this year, in this year, nineteen seventy-one, it wasn't that far removed from the World's Fair, and Small World was one of those attractions that like came from it. So maybe there was like a buzz around it still at yeah. that point. That could be. Yeah. So basically, when you hear people talk about, oh, it's like it's like it was like an e-ticket attraction. That's what they're talking about. They were like the yes. highest attraction when the park opened. All right, so through the years, mm. Disney has been putting on some specials, some anniversary parades, shows, a lot of televised events, mm-hmm. a lot of televised events throughout the years. But I did go through some footage of the previous anniversary televised specials, and what a wealth of audio and video uh, <laughs> that, that can be found there. So let's start, of course, in the beginning with the opening day, the, the grand opening of Walt Disney World televised special. <laughs> That aired on, I want to say, NBC that year. It aired later in the month. It was toward the end of October. As we know, it opened up October 1st. But still, that's when their televised event was. Yeah. And uh, the first piece I'll play you uh, was a, a bit of an introduction. Bob Hope was like the main host of the opening day special. Mm-hmm. Lots of clips and stuff. A lot of Julie Andrews singing and whatnot. Yeah. But here's a little bit of Bob Hope 
introducing Walt Disney World to the regular world. You know, this fantastic scene is a tribute to the vision, imagination, and genius of Walt Disney. Walt Disney World is the culmination of a lifetime devoted to bringing joy and excitement and laughter to children and adults in America and throughout the world. You got to see this place. It's Dream City. New York, Paris, London, that's where the action is. But this is where the fun is. This is the place to relive your youth. You just walk in and you get 30 years off for good behavior. There's a spirit here, everywhere. It's in the air, everywhere you look. All this is Walt. This is what Walt wanted for all of us. An escape from our aspirin existence into a land of sparkle and lights and rainbows. Today, his name is more than just a household word for laughter, fun, and joy. It's a signal to the minds of the children of all ages. Cheer up. All is not lost. Entertainment is on the way. And 50 years later, wow. I still feel like this applies, right? Like, yeah, I'm like I still it, feel that way when I walk in. They need to play that. If they don't play that clip, they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was yeah, an interesting cool. concept that, that Bob Hope dropped on us, that you once you walk in, you get 30 years, 30 years off, off your life for good behavior. And then yeah. I thought like... That's an interesting math equation because we're in our 30s mm-hmm. and there are times I don't quite feel like a five-year-old, but like yeah. I get it. I do feel like a little kid. Yeah. And there are so many people who are obviously grandparents who are in their 60s, 70s, yeah. sometimes even 80s, who you could tell like just get another spark of energy yeah. when this they go in the parks. Love, and how cool is that? This is why I love when my friends like, they're like, oh, their husbands doesn't, he doesn't really want to go or whatever. And I'm like, just get him there. I'm telling you. I, was yeah. like, I have never had any friend come back after they've taken their husband for the first time and their husband's in like, we're not doing that again. It's always like, yes. I said, I guarantee you, he will already be thinking about when you can come back. And it happens every <laughs> single time. I'm like, just, oh, just get there. Just get there. You'll be yeah. fine. And it's because of that. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. So I love that. And among the many things that they did to celebrate the opening of uh, Disney World that day, they had some opening cast members take part in a choir, and they sang mm-hmm. what is basically the quintessential Disney World song. It, not even just Disney World, but like Disney song. Here's a little bit yeah. of the, the cast. And when I was um, getting the audio for this, I was reading some of the comments on the YouTube video, and assuming that they're not lying, some people were commenting saying they were in the choir that day. Ah, they were cast members. They were okay. opening day Disney World cast members and how much it meant to them, how special it was. So here's cool. a little clip of those people singing on opening day of Magic Kingdom. Well, if you're driving in your car and you're crying now, you're not the only one. <laughs> what I like about that, too, is that was a live band with them, too. Like, yeah. Disney's been known for having their marching bands, and they were right there on stage playing along with them. That wasn't like a canned music track. Yeah. They were playing live music right there on stage. Man, so good. All right, let's move to the 10th anniversary special. Okay. 
And this is just, you know, you could tell like Disney was just like getting their feet wet with putting songs together and animated <laughs> special and, and these types of televised specials. Yeah. So, and I, and this isn't even the whole thing. So if oh, you think I this clip wait. is bizarre, you, you just go out there and take a look at the whole thing. So okay. uh, just a little bit of background. The part of this is it's like towards the beginning of the special, a family is, uh, they were like packing, loading up the car and stuff. The mom and dad are singing to each other, you know, like realistic families do. And at this point, they're just getting into the car the whole family's in the car and they're driving to Disney World singing this song. So now we're on the road, on the way to a wonderful holiday. Bye-bye blues, skews on dust. It's Disney World. Oh, bust. <laughs> Disney World may be fun for a kid, but for me, Yeah, the family gets pulled over by an officer of the law in this actual oh video my clip. Gosh. The sister came in like, all of you are terrible <laughs> at singing. I sound like a Disney princess. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, she just comes in like yeah. so strong. Um, she, also, she came to play. The little, the little brother, it's like, don't be talking about Mickey that way. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I was like, they would never include that in a Not lyric today. now. No. Um, also, you'll notice that the boys was singing about technological wonders yeah. and the girl sung about finding love, yeah, which know, is like right? some traditional thoughts mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Okay, way to put that into a box normally. Yes. <laughs> that, now, like, now if that was ever, like, if that's like a, a thing that goes viral, it's like canceled, canceled. Yes, <laughs> please. Next up is the 15th anniversary, and this is a, a great celebration. And I kind of, I posted this to our Instagram story. For whatever reason, they invited two of the four Golden Girls to host the, the oh, animated, yeah. <laughs> to host the televised special, which is amazing. And uh, of course, it has a bunch of uh, other celebrities mm-hmm. and stuff. But the most important thing is the Golden Girls. Right. But before we get to them, um, let's let's talk about how this was the first special, in my mind, where Disney came up with like a catchy song. So I feel like they were starting to get finding the groove there mm-hmm. for coming up with those like what are basically now like actual like awesome songs yeah like uh, uh magic happens in yeah. disneyland like oh, to me that's like a it. that's like super so catchy good. right yeah so let's do a little bit of this and here's a little bonus for you while you're listening to this so this is a little bit of like happy birthday kind of a song but a bunch of celebrities are saying happy birthday to to disney to disney world here now some of these people aren't necessarily celebrities or even alive today but i'm going to name them and see if you can hear them in this clip so Minnie Mouse is one of them. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to tell which one's Minnie Mouse. Ray Charles. Dolly Parton is here. She also sang 9 to 5 on the stage yes. of so Magic Kingdom. And I was talking to our friend Sarah, fueled by Magic 7, who also loves the Golden Girls and loves Dolly Parton. I was like, this special <laughs> is for you. You better go out and watch this. So uh, Minnie Mouse, Ray Charles, Dolly Parton, Siegfried and Roy. Why not? Right? Let's bring sure. out the Tigers. Because sure. Yes. Um, the actor who played Webster, do you remember yeah. like the, the, like the, you know, yeah. the little person? Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are some of the people you'll, you'll hear in this clip saying happy birthday to Disney World. And the party will go on. 
And it's at that point where Mickey puts his fingers up in the air and the fireworks like shoot oh, out of yeah. his pointer fingers, you know? That uh, old, that it old doesn't trick. matter. The only one that matters is Dolly Parton in that clip. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty easy to tell which one was oh, her, yeah, right? For sure. For sure. And here's a little other clip. So B. Arthur and Betty White mm-hmm. are basically hosting the special. Okay. And they're talking like they're characters in the Golden Girls, but they refer to each other as Betty and B, which is like strange, you know, because yeah. obviously they're not, they're not their characters, right? right? But, right. But so aren't a little they? bit of an exchange. But aren't they? <laughs> Probably a little Isn't bit, right? I mean, I like to think so that's so good. <laughs> yes. So uh, here's a little bit of, uh, of them talking. Now, again, they fly into the special on Air Force One, which is the hot air balloon that's the big Mickey Mouse, you know, okay. that I'm sure you've seen in old videos and yeah. stuff. So they, yeah. they quote land, but it's obviously like a different day, right? But anyway, Amazing. so they're on Main Street now with like dancers and stuff behind them and they're having a conversation about Disney World. Okay. So here's uh, B. Arthur and Betty White. they're dressed like they're straight off of the set, aren't they? They're correct, yes. Yeah. It's, okay. they're, they are Dorothy and Rose yeah. for sure. Okay. Just they refer to themselves by their real names. So here you go. Betty, I've met Ronnie and Nancy, Charles and Diana, Simon and Simon. I don't think I'll be that impressed meeting someone whose biggest claim to fame is being on a first-name basis with Goofy. Who knows, B? Maybe we'll meet a couple of nice guys. And at that point, the camera turns to see, like, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox, okay. whatever, and those are, the, those are the guys they're going to meet. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I want to take a detour real quick because I started yes. watching Hot in Cleveland. Have you ever watched it? Yes. I okay, just, like, I, barely, but... Yeah, I, like, just found it pretty much, and I'm like, where has this been all my life? Like, Betty White yes. is such a national treasure. <laughs> Love it to death. And it's... Okay, and then on another further note, I thought this was, was weird. In my, my new job this week, I had to, like, call this German place up in New York, like, this uh, brewery, and the owner's name is Ilka. And um, okay. so I had to, like, talk to Ilka because she's, like, helping us with this stuff. Well, I start watching the show, and Betty White's character's name is Ilka. I was like, oh, what a weird, weird, like weird. It was just a weird <laughs> week. But I was like, Betty White. I was like, she's so freaking funny. I don't care how old. Yes. I mean, because she's the same character. Like, she she doesn't play different characters. She's hilarious. Yes. It's her voice, too. It so still good. sounds the same. Yeah. We'll move on to the 20th mm-hmm. anniversary. And in this particular event, they invited Roy E. Disney mm-hmm. to speak. So Roy E. Disney is Roy O.'s son. Mm-hmm. So it's Walt's brother's son. So Walt's nephew was asked to speak. And he did so right there on Main Street, USA, on the 20th anniversary of Magic Kingdom. Roy. We have a surprise for you that you don't know about. We thought it would be appropriate for you to read the same dedication your father did 20 years ago from this same plaque he held in his hands near this very same spot. Roy. All right. Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and life of Walter Elias Disney and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place, a magic kingdom where the young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. Dedicated this first day of October, 1971, and it's signed Roy O. Disney, my dad. Mickey. Everybody again cried in their car yes. driving around. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. 
Yes. And if you read Bob Iger's book, a little bit of a contentious relationship between Disney and Roy E. Disney, but it seems like at that point in time, that was Michael Eisner speaking in the beginning of that clip, mm-hmm. then CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Michael Eisner, the devil. <laughs> yes. Everyone's the devil, right? At one everyone. point, Bob Iger is the devil. Bob Chapek's the devil. Yeah, Michael Eisner's the devil. Everyone's the devil. Anyone. All right, moving on to the 25th anniversary when the first real fire jam of Magic Kingdom was brought to the speakers. They're getting faster and faster, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. you can only imagine what practice was like for these. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, right, like, they're getting the idea of what like mm-hmm. a catchy Disney song is. So for me, yeah. this is like the first, like, okay, Disney, we see you. So here is a little Remember the Magic, which was born out of the 25th anniversary of Magic Kingdom. Dude, I mean, so good. is that the same lady from Are You Ready for a Miracle? <laughs> it sounds like it. She's like, she's just riffing on what it is. She's like, 25th, yeah. It's like, dang, girl, get it. She's just going. They're like, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 25th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, so fast, so fast. Oh, so good. All right, the last anniversary we'll talk about, it was the 40th anniversary, so 10 years ago this week. They went out there. They had a bunch of VIPs. I don't actually know their titles, mm-hmm. but um, they came out and did a little bit of a did a little speech, if you will, a little presentation um, reflecting on Walt's vision on this, the 40th anniversary of Magic Kingdom. We're thrilled to have you with us as our guests on this, our 40th anniversary. There's a story that when Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color television program was being filmed, The producers wanted a shot of Walt Disney walking down an empty main street at Disneyland before the park was open. Walt did something that was very much out of character for him. He refused to do that. To Walt Disney, people were the essential element of his parks. You've probably heard his famous quote, you can dream, create, plan, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it takes people to make the dream a reality. Many people hear that and assume that Walt was talking about our cast members, and he was, but he was also talking about our guests. For this place to be truly magical, it takes your smiles and your laughter, the joy of being a princess, or the excitement of becoming a pirate. So by being here today, you are helping make this dream, Walt Disney World, a reality And for that, we sincerely thank you. Now, I wonder if the people he was talking about were the people that put their kids on their shoulders for fireworks or run your ankles over with their strollers or scooters. Yeah. Don't know. Been there, done that. Probably not. (laughs) Um, So good. Love all those clips. Um, Yeah. So we're going to talk about random facts now. 
Yes, let's move into some random facts of Magic random Kingdom. And facts. I feel like over time we probably have covered some like random oh, facts, yeah. especially when we did deep dives of attractions and our park icons and stuff. And we do have some chat about uh, castles coming your way too because mm-hmm. there's a lot of changes about Cinderella Castle yeah. over the years. But this is a couple of icon. more general random Magic Kingdom facts. Sure. You want me to kick us off? Yes. All right. Originally, Magic Kingdom had six themed lands. So five of them were copied from Disneyland and one was a Magic Kingdom exclusive, um, which was Liberty Square. They did not have that over in Disneyland. Mickey's Birthday Land opened in 1988 to celebrate Mickey's 60th birthday. And that evolved over time. Yeah, it was uh, Mickey Starland, Toontown Mm -hmm. Fair, and now it's Storybook Circus. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about Toontown a little bit, but that was Toontown's my favorite because that was more like our time frame. Yes. Now, here's something that winds up being like, maybe not a pet peeve, but like something I notice when people talk about Magic Kingdom, and I probably have done it this entire time, but technically, the phrase Magic Kingdom was often used as an unofficial name for Disneyland Mm -hmm. before Disney World was built. So when there was only one thing to refer to, they just called it Magic Kingdom, sometimes the original Magic Kingdom, Walt's Magic Kingdom, right. whatever. Up until the early 90s, our Magic Kingdom here was officially known as Walt Disney World Magic, Magic Kingdom, Kingdom to differentiate the two, basically. And it was never printed without that prefix of Walt Disney World, right. the, full, the full title. But in 1994, the park was officially renamed Magic Kingdom Park. So they took out that Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, called it just Magic Kingdom Park. However... People tend to refer to it as the Magic Kingdom. And for a while on the train station, it actually said the Magic Kingdom on it. Mm. But over time, they got rid of the the. It's a the-ectomy, as I call it. They got rid of the the, and it's just Magic Kingdom Park. So officially, it's Magic Kingdom Park, but we tend to refer to it as, hey, you headed to the Magic Kingdom today, right? So it was like the the as it was in there. You know, or if you're really cool and hip to the lingo, it's just MK. I'm hitting up MK today. We're so cool about that. Okay, and then our last random fact that we have here for Magic Kingdom is that in its 50 years, Walt Disney World has closed due to only seven hurricanes. So, you know, there's a hurricane season every year. There's a bunch of hurricanes that always come through. They have only closed for seven of them. Uh, The Mm -hmm. first non-hurricane was September 11th, 2001 is when they closed. And then, of course, the big closure of 2020 that lasted almost four months, which was like unheard of when you really think about it. Wild. There was one time when I was living here that they closed early, announced they were going to close early, and then they wound up extending. So they, they announced, like, yeah. Epcot's closing at 5 today, and right. they wound up pushing it till 8. So we were there, and there was no one there, and it was kind yeah. of a cool experience. Yeah, it was kind of um, nice. We probably had a better time than the cast who were working the day, because they probably <laughs> thought they were going home at 5. But right. I don't know what to tell them. I'm so sorry, but we had a great time. <laughs> it's all about us. So, of course, over the last 50 years, there were some opening day attractions, or even some attractions that were there in the later 70s and sometimes 80s that aren't there now. And although this is not an exhaustive list, these are some things that you may have heard before in the past that we probably that we probably talk about mm-hmm. here on this show, but some things that I didn't I don't think I really knew or really talked about. And you can tell like they just wouldn't some of these, maybe this first one, I feel like just wouldn't fly right now. So they actually had uh keelboats. So officially it was the Mike Fink keelboats, which was an opening day attraction mm-hmm. in Liberty Square. It was there for for a while, but you would get on a keelboat and float around the rivers of america so you it, this is in liberty square so you'd hop on near the loading area for the uh for the river boat there but you'd be able to go like around tom sawyer island basically what is a keel boat just a type of boat like a like a canoe is a canoe okay it's like that just it's called a keel boat okay because i was like I don't, they're I don't... like those long 
just picture a canoe essentially, okay. right? I mean, it's not literally a canoe, but just picture a canoe. Huh. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, the Walt Disney Story attraction was another one. This was open from 1973 to 1992, and it was on Town Square. Uh, it was in a building designed to look like a hotel, complete with the guest room balconies. And the location later became Exposition Hall, which it's now the Town Square Theater. So I don't yes. know. The Walt Disney World Story attraction. Yeah, think of it Walt like Disney how Story. we have like One Man's Dream yeah, it or was Walt like Disney that. Presents. It was like one of those. It's more of an, ex- an, for, an exhibit uh, of like stuff. For more of the history buffs, if you will. Yes. Yeah. And one of my favorites is the Skyway. The Skyway. Okay, listen. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I love the Skyliner, what we have now. It's mm-hmm. truly a mode of transportation. Yeah. But the Skyway was both a mode of transportation and obviously an attraction because there was a ticket attached to it, mm-hmm. right? It connected Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. It closed, however, in 1999, sad day. The mm-hmm. Fantasyland station really just kind of sat there after closing for a while. They just kind of like left it there. Yeah. It eventually became the Tangled Restrooms in yeah, 2011. So that was 12 <laughs> years later. It eventually became and the best bathrooms in the park. <laughs> yeah, really. And the Tomorrowland station is still kind of there. So if you're looking at Space Mountain and you look to the right, there's a building there that are bathrooms. That's really all it is. That yeah. used to be a two-story building. And on top of that was where the loading area was for the Skyway. So it would take you from right there, right next to Space Mountain, over to Fantasyland, right where the, you know, right next to Small World, right where the Tangled restrooms are. Which if you like, if you really think about it, it's oof, not that far. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that far, but during like parades and stuff yeah. or what I really was, I mean, I, they probably couldn't have, couldn't be running that when the fireworks were going off, but it is a great way to like get from point A to point B in a fun way instead yeah. of having to walk across the bar. Cause you could say the same thing about the train, right? If you want to get from right. the back of Fantasyland to Main Street, it's a bit of a walk, but you could also take the train. So mm-hmm. it's a fun way to get around basically. I do miss the train. I miss the sound of the train. When you're just walking oh, yeah. around the park. It's been years. It's been crazy. I was like, oh, you just you take those things for granted. The next thing is Snow White's Scary Adventures, which is now Princess Ooh. Fairytale Hall. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was actually really scary. Um, if you, like fun fact, some of you may not know this, but they did use some of the same props that are in the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in the house in the very end. Um, some of those props are from Snow White Scary Adventures. That's why some of the animals in, in there, if you really look at them, their yes. faces look a little bit scared. Um, yes. It's because they were taken as like they were taken from Snow White Scary Adventures. They like didn't yeah. change. They're the ex- a little scared or like a little shocked. Yeah. They yeah. like did not change the expressions on their faces. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was very interesting. And this one is near and dear to your husband's heart because yeah, it it's is. one it's one of his like go to nostalgic attractions. Mm-hmm. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Now many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and mm-hmm. we've talked about that a little bit when we talked about that because we consider the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh to be a classic yeah. Disney dark ride, and the and the little bit of a reference they have there to that. But what I thought's interesting is on a old park map of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Disney described this attraction as quote jog along on a hilarious ride through old London. <laughs> They do, however, leave out the part about how you die and go to hell, which is, of course, hilarious. So they're right on target there with their description. Which is, of course, hilarious. Yes. It's a hilarious ride through old London. Apparently, old London is hell. Um, yes. So I'm My sure they goodness. would love to know that that Walt Disney thinks that about them, but okay. <laughs> yes. Um, this is one of my favorites, Mickey's Toontown. I just love the fact that you can walk through Mickey's house. I was obsessed with, like, this area. Um, I had matching striped pajamas. Like, I remember they were, like, kind of silky because I don't know how I knew Mickey had the, like, white striped pajamas, white and red striped pajamas, <laughs> but I had matching ones, and I was so excited about them. Yeah. 
Um, but this like burned in my brain because I remember going for like the first time and being like, oh my gosh, like this is Mickey's house. Like this is a big deal. <laughs> um, so I love those attractions. But and that area has changed cool. so many times. That oh, area yeah. over there. And now there's still a theme over there. It's just kind of on a smaller scale because some of that space was used for some, you know, other things. But Mm -hmm. Storybook Circus is really just Dumbo, the play area and the tent and the, you know, and the uh, big top souvenir. Plus the train station is still there, too, once the train comes back. Right. Um, Also, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was a thing. And if you think about it, because you might think, well, where was this big underwater attraction Mm In Fantasyland, it was demolished and filled up because obviously it was deep down. And it is now where Mine Train is today. You know, yeah. Seven Doors Mine Train. Seven Doors Mine Train. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't exist in Disneyland. They converted it to the Finding Nemo attraction where you go in a submarine. It's like the Finding Nemo submarine right. voyage or something like right. that. But not an attraction if you are not comfortable in, in tight spaces, close, you know, kind of yeah. closed off spaces, like a little claustrophobia because you're in a submarine. Not a real submarine, but a submarine nonetheless. Yeah. I don't know if I ever rode that ride. Did you ever ride it? Yeah, both. 20,000 okay. Leagues and, and the Finding Nemo version of it in Disneyland. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I like mean, part of the effect was you, you don't dive, right? Like yeah. they, you don't go down. You're, you're spoiled there if you wind up going to the one in Disneyland. But they would release bubbles from underneath the boat and you'd be looking out the window and the bubbles going up would make it feel like, like you were going down. down, right? It created a sensation that you were diving deep into the ocean. And they had like stuff in there so you could see it. But... Just a little tiny capsule Super of hot. everyone's hot breath. Yeah, yeah, I was like, we probably never did it because we only went in the summertime, and it was probably like, nope, that's too hot, and I'm not going to be like in a <laughs> enclosed space with everybody's like heat and everyone's breathing on each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that was what I wanted to ask you, like, if you think Tomorrowland or do you think a different part of the park has had the most refurbs? I feel like Tomorrowland has probably had the most like refurbs because D- Doug and I were trying to go through everything. We were like, the laugh floor. Uh, where Buzz Lightyear is, like those, I feel like have been yeah. through so many changes. There's been a lot of changes to Space Mountain, but we were we were trying to discuss like what rides in Magic Kingdom have not actually changed. Like if you think yeah. about it, it's like what what has not really been touched because we were like the ride track obviously from Space Mountain has never changed. I was like, well, Space Mountain has changed a lot because like, the vehicles have changed, the vehicles and like have changed, some of like the, the effects in there. Yeah. But not really, like, a lot. I mean, Wedway hasn't... Wedway. There we go. Talking yeah. about what it used to be called in the 90s. Yeah. The People Mover, you know... People Mover hasn't It's really tough because some things have... Things have upgraded as technology has upgraded. Yeah. So I'm glad that, like, some things were added. But as far as, like, overall attractions... I mean, obviously, there are some opening attractions that are still there. Yeah. Some that are pretty close. I mean, I, I think you're onto something about Tomorrowland being the most changed land. Mm-hmm. Because really just... And Space Mountain wasn't an open day attraction. That opened right. in 75. But... Um, really, Space Mountain since it opened hasn't like gone on, gone through a significant change, but pretty much everything else has. Yeah, I mean the Astro Orbiters have changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. A name change. They were the Star Jets for a while, and the everything that used to be the Buzz Lightyear attraction. Although Carousel of Progress is still alive and kicking, and yeah. that like that hasn't, that hasn't gone through much. a lot. Or the um the Speedway. Like yeah, I mean, the, the Speedway, Speedway needs to change. Well, though. yeah, the Speedway needs to like go away, <laughs> but yes. I mean. We were just like trying to go through our head. I was like, well, Thunder Mountain hasn't really changed that much. Splash, yeah, Splash hasn't Mountain really hasn't changed, changed since it opened. You're not yet anywhere. Right. So we were just like kind of trying to like go through and think about some of the attractions. But I do feel like Tomorrowland has been the most kind of refurbed and changed. Yeah, and that's interesting. Rethemed. And because we talked about this in our previous episode, when it first opened, it was sort of like they didn't really know what to do with it. 
Like it was kind of yes. like, eh, we need something more over here. So maybe that's why yeah. it's just changed so much because they just are still trying to figure things out. We forgot about like Alien Encounter where it was like Alien Encounter and then it was Stitch's Great Escape and all that stuff. Well, you know, you it choose. It scarred me for life you and choose. I'm blocking it out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. All right. Are you ready to talk about Castles Through the Years? Yes. I feel like this is probably one of your most favorite topics. <laughs> well, you know, we did our um, Park Icon episode mm-hmm. or part one of those two episodes included Cinderella Castle, obviously, because it's it's the beacon, right? It's why they're referring it to as one of the beacons of the four parks for, as part of the 50th. And in that episode, we talked about some of the changes it went through, especially for the 25th anniversary. And um, I've, I've come across some other kind of facts and figures of the castles throughout the years. And I thought we could uh, go back and forth here and share that. Yeah. So it took 18 months to build. And it finished in July of 71. So we kind of sat there finished for a few months. But mm-hmm. I, I think 18 months is a long time yeah, for one structure, right? Because it's, it's not an attraction. Right. Unlike the Disneyland Paris one where there's like that lair underneath, right? And then in Disneyland, you're able to go up in it and it's a uh, like a walkthrough of the Sleeping Beauty storyline. But here at Walt Disney World, it's mostly just a building. And I know there's the Utilidors underneath and we do have a restaurant up there. Um, Cinderella Royal Table, for the most part, it's just a building, right? So 18 months is a long time. Yeah. Uh, It's also built of concrete, steel, cement, plaster, and fiberglass. So there was no actual stonework done on this. Most people think that it was like they built it with a lot of stonework. It's actually no stonework. It's all concrete, steel, cement, plaster, and fiberglass. Um, But obviously, Disney just does such a good job of making it look like it's stone, but it's not. Yes. Now, I heard a guest tell their child this while they were at magic kingdom he Mm -hmm. pulled his kid aside the kid was like five or younger he was like hey just so you know none of that is bricks he was like really i was like but let the kid think that let the kid have a moment where he thinks (laughs) there's a real brick castle (laughs) yeah yeah right like why burst that bubble so soon but what do i know there are 13 gargoyles on the outside of the castle now if you were like hey greg how many gargoyles are on the castle i'd be like say what now there are (laughs) gargoyles on the castle yeah since i've read this i went to the castle and looked and i was like oh my gosh so I got a couple of close-up photos that I'll share throughout this week as this episode releases. But, oh, yeah, there are some gargoyles Star-wise. up there on the castle. They're up there. Um, and you may also notice uh, the birds and the mice that are on the inside of the castle. Um, the same person actually sculpted the Cinderella wishing well and the partner statue. So you may notice that they kind of like all sort of look the same. They have like a sort of same vibe to them. Um, and it's the same person that did all that. And this, uh, his name is Blaine Gibson. So shout out to Blaine on uh, his amazing work. Good old Blaine Gibb. Good old Blaine. Um, BG. If you go over to the wishing well that's outside Cinderella Castle, mm-hmm. it looks exactly the same. It's the same type of sculpture, so it makes sense. It's the same person yeah. that had worked on it. It's a good, uh, a good right. photo op over there, too. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get to the good stuff. Okay. Let's get to the 1997, goods. 1997, one of the best, maybe most controversial, <laughs> but best anniversary changes to a park. When Disney transformed Cinderella Castle to the 25th anniversary birthday cake. Oh, my goodness. It had 40 pounds of cake, and I'm air-quoting cake on there because, obviously, just like the bricks, it wasn't real cake. Mm -hmm. Um, With this, there were over 55,000 tablespoons of pink paint. I don't know why they decided to measure it in terms of tablespoons, but they did, and it was a lot of it. Because that's that's how you make a cake cake you have tablespoons yeah. oh that's true it's like a recipe yeah the castle also had 50 gumballs 30 lollipops four lifesavers and it's interesting that they went with an actual brand right because a lifesaver yeah. is a lifesaver could have been just like a round candy but it was a lifesaver 
12 gumdrops, 16 red candy hearts, and 16 green candy stars. And you better believe, as we release this episode, I will be posting at least one photo of the birthday cake because I remember (laughs) being there as a kid. I wish I could find a photo of me with the castle in the background. I don't have that, you know, I don't have access to that. But love this cake castle. I think I actually, I think I have some. I think I've sent them to you before, like our actual, like, home home photos oh, yeah? at the cake castle you gotta revisit that yeah 90 uh, 1997 was lit you guys um and if you haven't <laughs> seen a picture of this just listen to what he just said and picture it first and then go look at a picture of it it's just atrocious yes. but um it's the, the pepto-abysmal yeah cake. it's just one of those things will ne- no one will ever forget um it's so great so after that uh 2005 was the next big thing that they did and that was the gigantic stained glass magic mirror that was installed in celebration of Disneyland's 50th anniversary. Yeah. I like how they, they did like a coast to coast with that. Yeah. They put the, the magic mirror on. And it was one of those types of things like, like billboards where it rotates. So it would show different things yeah. on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the big display. They were like, uh, we're celebrating over there, but we're going to celebrate here too, guys. So we want to get on. Yes. On and one of the things we think about in terms of Cinderella Castle in the holiday season are the dream lights. Mm-hmm. I know they didn't return last year. They're not returning this year. And maybe they won't in the future. We don't know. Probably not. What? They better. Guess. They better bring it back. Well, I'm going to have to cut It someone. makes sense while they're not there this year because of all the extra stuff <laughs> yeah, on the castle. True. But anyway, so it wasn't until the late 2000s that the dream lights were added to celebrate the holiday season. So I like, if you were to ask me when mm-hmm. they came around, I'm like, oh, they were like always there as right. a kid. But no, until it wasn't until the late 2000s. So like... Mm-hmm. 12-ish, 10, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah. Hopefully, I really hope they do come back because it is so magical. It um, is magical. Okay. And then the last one that we have was in 2004. And this was when Stitch's Great Escape opened. And so they wanted to celebrate the par- in the park. Um, so to do that, park goers were surprised to find a giant Stitch inflatable sitting right inside. And then even further, you would find that the whole castle was teepeed with a sign that read <laughs> Stitch's King on it. This, I felt like, was the weirdest thing they ever did. Like, I understand what they were trying to do, but it's like, uh, it just didn't really come across, like, it didn't really work. Uh, I think it was one of those, like, you're just so happy to be there. It's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. But when you really think about it, you're like, that's atrocious. Like, why why did we do this? Um, So, yeah, basically, they made it look like Stitch had TP'd the castle. And that was like their big stunt thing for the Stitch's Great Escape. They were trying their best to be like, we promise it's not Alien Encounter anymore. (laughs) Like, we promise it's not terrifying. (laughs) Um, But it was still a little bit scary in there because it's so dark. A little scary. And it didn't last very long. This wasn't like nowadays when we have our our 50th anniversary decorations or even the other ones that's the the birthday cake. This was much shorter time frame, but like people were not happy about it. (laughs) They were not. Not happy. (laughs) The last little bit of uh, Disney nostalgia here. Mm -hmm are some things that you may not know or remember from the 70s, 80s, 90s, or maybe some of these are things you re- you remember but wish you didn't want to remember. But here's a few things from Downtown Disney. Now, I know it's called Disney Springs now, but it was da- Downtown Disney during these times. But there was a Virgin Megastore at Downtown Disney, which yeah. is funny because, like, those are usually in, like, major metropolitan cities. Right. Maybe it's because I grew up in New York. I think, like, oh, if there was a Virgin Megastore, it's good. we're talking about New York City, right? right. That's, that's in Manhattan. But... I don't really think of Downtown Disney as having big, like big name brand stores. Like there's no Apple store in our current yeah, Disney Springs, yeah. right? So I feel like that's the closest thing I can think in my mind. It's like a big name brand store. Also, just the fact that like it was a Virgin Mega store, like it was like a record store in general. Because yeah. those don't exist yes. anymore, really. They do not. <laughs> it's like a streaming store. What? I don't know. 
Um, yes. this, the next one was that you could get McDonald's at downtown Disney. So they had a McDonald's in downtown Disney, um, uh, back in the day. And even further because Disney and McDonald's had a partnership, uh, you could get French fries in the park. So you could actually get McDonald's French fries, which we all know are so stinking good. Uh, you could get them at Frontierland fries, which was one. Of, it was like, uh, the cart that's right at Frontier. It, I don't. I don't remember what it's called now, what the cart is actually called. It's the Golden Oak Outpost. Okay, yeah. It's just they sell. Yeah. Yeah. The Golden things. Oak Outpost. Um, it was called Frontierland Fries. You can find pictures of what the cart looked like then. Um, and then there was also the Village Fry Shop, which was spelled F R Y E. Hmm. And you could get McDonald's oh. fries there, uh, there as well. There, uh, I did look up, like, when did the partnership start with McDonald's? And it was in 1997 when they uh, made this big deal. So. You know, just as anything else, you know, moving forward, there was like Starbucks or what, you know, whichever it was, Joffrey's, um, some of these other big partnerships that they've done things with. Um, But I think McDonald's was kind of like the first big one. And they still have some partnership, right? I mean, they still have like the big like Happy Meal thing that's going on right now. And there is still currently a McDonald's on Disney property. It's Mm -hmm. really the only outside restaurant, if you will, that's on Disney property. It's right next to the All-Star Resorts over there. And I'm going to post some photos because the McDonald's at Disney Springs was a unique McDonald's. I'm going to, I'll dig up some of those photos on the, on the old internets there Can't and I'll wait. post them so you can all on see the them. On the interwebs. It was interesting. Um, something you might not remember before Elsa did it, it was the fairy godmother who used to light up the castle at Christmas time. And I know this because Cinderella is one of my mom's favorite movies, characters, so when she found out Elsa was coming to light up the castle, she was like, oh, no. Elsa's not coming here. This is Cindy's castle. Yeah. So I would definitely remember that. I could see your mom being like, it's not even hers. It's not even her castle. It's Cinderella's <laughs> castle. Why are they yes. doing this? <laughs> oh, um, Something else that I was like, let's all be nostalgic here about. Characters used to just walk around, everyone. They mm. literally would just walk around the park. There was not a, It was not a meet and greet. You couldn't get a fast pass for it. You didn't have to really wait in a line. Everybody would just kind of gather around whoever they wanted to see. But I don't ever feel like there was a time where it was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like, it just – they just moved around so much. It just worked. Yeah, and you could yeah. get your autograph. Um, we have so many home videos, especially Doug's family. There's so many home videos of them just, like, going up to their favorite characters. Um, and so that's why some of the characters you see today that they consider to be um, – the rare characters, those are the ones that they used to have back then that just walked around. So Robin Hood, all the Robin Hood characters, um, yeah. and the Seven Dwarfs. The Seven Dwarfs were like, because so, oh, I asked Doug, I was like, did, did the Seven Dwarfs used to walk around? He was like, yeah, Amanda was obsessed with them. <laughs> Amanda was obsessed <laughs> when Dopey came around. So, um, so yeah, they used to just all walk around, and you could walk up to them at any time and talk to them and have an interaction, and it's just crazy to think about that now, which they still have that at Disneyland, I think. Yeah, um, what's the difference? Like, why do I don't people know, behave there? Yeah, I, I don't know it. why, but Disneyland, it is still a thing. It has been a thing forever, like, since day one there. I don't know why they never changed it, so I don't know. People are so laid back and cool over there. They're thinking about surfing, and they're walking around mm-hmm. seeing characters. Um, one thing that I remember as a kid in the general Disney World area was being able to sit in the front cabin mm-hmm. of a monorail. Yeah. We did it all of the time, so, like... My parents probably got mad and, and we were there with like other groups of people and everyone's parents probably got like annoyed of having to ask all the time. So they would tell us to go ask because what you'd have to do is as you're approaching the monorail, you'd go up to the monorail attendant or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling them, like, is anyone sitting in the front? And we'd have to wait to see like once it comes in, if they weren't able to figure out on uh, if it was empty, we were like, perfect. Mm-hmm. So we tried to do it whenever we were going from the TTC to Epcot yeah. or vice versa, because that was the longest ride, taking it from like 
you know, Grand Floridian to Magic Kingdom was like, oh, it's only one stop. Right. So it's cool, but like not that cool. <laughs> um, we did it all the time. And I and I, I get why maybe it's not a thing anymore. But I, I remember it so often because in the front of the monorail, it's like this big bench seat. It was the same type of seat that yeah. seemed like. I don't know, blue-green material. I know it's changed over the years, but like that old school. It, wasn't it like kind of on the side? Yeah, it basically was kind of like a V yeah, in the front. Yeah. Not, not a sharp V, but not quite a U, somewhere yeah. in between. There were, you know, bench seats. And um, the kids would go up there, and the parents would go in a regular cabin, mm-hmm. at least when we were traveling with, like, our neighbors and stuff. It's what we did a lot as kids. And um, the pilot would, like, talk to us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we would ask. I don't know what we would ask as we were kids, and I'm sure as we got older, the questions became more obnoxious. And maybe that's why they <laughs> they quit. They it. did that for safety reasons to not distract. Because if you think about it now, a guest could like jump up and yeah, hit something. Maybe do something. Yeah, something dangerous. I guess you could say this the same is thing how about you know bus, your uh, but... your generation is terrible at parenting because they won't let them sit in the front of the monorail anymore. They ruined it. That's a shame. You, ru- it's a shame. you ruined it. <laughs> yes, um, through our research. In coming up with things to talk about, I found an old park map from the 80s. And uh, now we're going to go through some things that we found on the park map that, like, definitely don't exist these days. Uh, This first one, I was like, seriously? The first one um, is that guests could could rent an RCA video camera. I had no idea that you could do this. How crazy is that? Those big video cameras. That's why everybody had them. I was like, we, everybody, like Doug's family, my family, everybody already owned them, like had them, but I had no idea you could rent them there. So that's crazy. And I'm kind of like, where did all those cameras end up? Like, I wonder where they are now. <laughs> Someone's basement. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, also, the park map specifically called out that Disney dollars were for mm-hmm. sale and it could be purchased at Town Hall and other locations. If you don't know, Disney dollars were basically the equivalent of a gift card, except they were paper money mm-hmm. and just like our paper money instead of like presidents and stuff that had the Disney characters on it. And I still have some. Yeah. And I'm curious to see if any of you out there still have them. I'd love to see it. Feel free to post and tag us in it because there were different versions of these Disney dollars throughout the years. Yeah. And some of them were certain anniversary specials of them. So I got to dig through my pile here and see what Disney dollar versions I have. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll make sure I post that in our story throughout this week. Yeah. Um, another cool thing was that you could take personal checks up to $25 and cash them at City Hall. That is just weird yeah, to what? me. Like, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, what? Just, I don't know. Like, just write a check for Disney dollars or something. I don't know. But yeah, you could write it's a personal strange, yeah. check up to $25 and you could cash it at City Hall. Yeah. The limit was $25. Oh, big spender, guys. Watch out. Oh, my gosh. Remember when Remember when you used to go to the store and your mom would just write a check for groceries? <laughs> that is weird to think about. No. It's super What's weird. What's weird is people still do that today. So um, on the map was also a notification to guests, and it said, quote, food or drink may not be brought into the magic kingdom so two things the magic kingdom and the other that you weren't allowed to bring food as you know now that is not the case do we know what year that changed i don't know but this was as of the mid to late 80s yeah it makes sense because i always remember when we would go visit we would always go out and i talked about with doug too it was like we would always go out to our cars to eat lunch And and then when i was thinking about it i was like i can't like i guess it makes sense but i was like but that i mean that makes sense because why would we not have just brought our lunch in the park yeah. So I guess it was because it wasn't allowed, but you could, I mean, I guess you can still leave the park today. I think it was just, they probably figured out you're probably going to were smuggling. Well, or you're going to stay more and do more things and probably spend more money if you're yeah. able to bring your own stuff in. So, yep. Cause think about your family. If, if you left and something came up, you're like, you know, we already left yeah. the park. Let's just head right. back to the resort. And yep. you're not going to get snacks, right? Because you're like, well, we have to leave and go eat our thing. You're probably not going to like pay for snacks and stuff. But if you get mm-hmm. to bring your own stuff in, sometimes it's like, well, we brought our own lunch in here. We can 
we can get some snacks. Use that money for merch. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about the 50th anniversary That Park Life Podcast limited release giveaway. <laughs> the only way to enter this giveaway is to head over to Instagram, pull up our account mm-hmm. at That Park Life Podcast, and share the post for this episode. So the episode that says, hey, We've got a 50th anniversary episode streaming now. Share that post to your story and please tag us. It is the tagging of that post in your story that will allow us to see it. Mm -hmm. And that will officially be your entry into this giveaway. And we'll do it for a week. We'll keep everyone up to date on the Instagram account as to when this uh, official entry period ends. And we're excited. I can't believe it's been 50 years. I feel old, but also I feel young. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> at the same time, look at that. You feel old until you walk in and you get 30 That's years right, 30 off of your years life off. for good behavior. 30 years. I'll yes. take it. Um, I do have a quote, and it's a special quote mm-hmm. from a special person, obviously, for our 50th. But before we do all that and wrap everything up, shout out to Stephanie over at World Traveler Trading Co., who I will be meeting possibly as this episode airs for the Sweet. first time. And I'm excited to meet in person. But of course, uh, we always talk about her because she has some awesome Disney-inspired merch in her shop, including but not limited to key fobs, dog collars, lip balm holders, ear holders, all kinds of awesome things with different uh, with different attraction-themed items mm-hmm. as well. So please check her out. Link to her shop is in our episode description. Of course, you can save a little bit of money with our special discount code. That Park Life. Use that and save yourself some money. If you like what you heard today, please feel free to like, subscribe, head over to iTunes, leave us a review over there. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok with the same username at That Park Life Podcast. My personal Instagram account is at The Disney Greg. And I am at The Real Beth McDonald. If you want to support us and also gain some wonderful access to over 40 bonus episodes on our Patreon page, you can do that with the link in this episode description as well. As soon as you sign up, you have instant access to all of those bonus episodes. Additionally, we'll add you to the Close Friends feature on our podcast account on Instagram. You can head over to our website if you want to submit a cast member magical moment or if you want to request a magic gram for someone you know. It is free for you, free for them. Mm-hmm. And now a quote from Walt freaking Disney himself <laughs> to end our special episode. And don't forget, we have some nice music coming your way in a moment as well. Yes. Okay. So from Walter Elias Disney, who once said, quote, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. so with that happy birthday to walt disney world you're looking pretty good for 50 years old i hope i look that good when i turn 50 (laughs) beth is only a few ways few uh years away from 50 (laughs) but she has that's not true no we're about the same age we're not about the same age greg we are the same age (laughs) well we're like six months apart whatever so uh thank you for listening we'll see you all next week for a very special uh, what it's like to have a service animal i'm so excited about this at walt disney world But until then, here's a little more of some Magic Kingdom nostalgia to take you away from us. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, everybody.